0: Love Talk Radio. Good morning. You've reached Venus Unplugged. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart and what we're doing here at Venus Unplugged is we explore as many aspects of Venus uh, that we can archetypally in our personal life and dream myth, and what we are working with here is the myth of Persephone. The daughter who is uh, abducted into the underworld by Hades, so which is kind of interesting. You know, I'm, I'm never quite sure why I choose what I choose, but uh, I just know when it's right. And um, and also at this time, where there is so much where society and our culture is being pulled into. Uh, Hades into the dark side of life, because the myth these myths they 're living they 're eternal they 're pulsating, they're without beginning and without end, they are beyond time, so this is a whole, and part of the reason i 'm doing the Venus unplugged uh, is so that for those who can listen can begin to accept or learn. Or uh, you don't even consider there's other realms that are equally as powerful and as real as the supposed reality that we're looking at. And uh, just because we're looking at something, that doesn't make it real. So the Persephone is the initiation. Uh, for everyone, whether it's the male's uh, awareness of of the animal or, or um, the woman being taken into uh, having to accept the dangers of holding onto innocence. That's dangerous. We need to be able to work with the four angels, which I will talk about in a little bit. But what I want to get to here is that we're all called into a tour of duty, into the underworld, into the dark places. Uh, that's part of what you know. All this anger is about what's going on, which could be incredibly constructive, and it's going to change the 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 destiny of uh, oneself and others. And this is everything that's happening, and all this anger that is coming up, which if applied with a touch of wisdom and integration. Being able to tell the difference between personal anger and archetypal anger. We are coming out of our complacency and our innocence. It is an initiation, and it feels like it's an initiation on a global level. So what I want to offer here, the gift that I wish to offer, is... be able to see on, on another level and wake up to the holiness of what we're standing in the middle of. No one wakes up graciously. No one goes into therapy or soul-making or mentoring because they're happy and it's good. Everyone comes in with a story, a dissent, a betrayal. This is part of the deal. And the more we hold on to the child aspect of Persephone, the more conflict we're going to be in because we are not becoming citizens. And it's only through the dark, and the unknown, that we're initiated. We're not initiated by light, by what we can see, by what we think we think. You know, who's thinking the thoughts? A lot of what goes on in people is opinions, not balanced discernment and justice. Justice is a very interesting principle and archetype because only justice can balance justice and that's what it's about so with Persephone which we went over a little bit um, last week you know uh, the, one of the things that Jung points out is uh, in the Persephone archetype of of the innocent one she's also the healer she's also the, the sensitive uh, psychic side of our lives that one of the the shadow sides of, of, of the Persephone aspect of ourselves um, is pride and inflation about her delicateness and her innocence. Now, that can sound very harsh, particularly if we don't want to look at our rage. But that's what's coming up, an unknown rage. And it shocks people, and of course... It's the other person or event, historical event. That is a, can you know that is a factor. But the rage, that's you. That's what's going on in, in oneself. So the, when we begin to recognize that uh, it's kind of the... Tyranny of the wounded, or the tyranny of the crippled. How could you hurt me? How could you do this once again? Meanwhile, you know we all know people who you know make a lifestyle out of being wounded, and after a while, you just don't want to hear it because it's like, hey, man, you, you gotta like pull up some some understanding of what's happening. So, and if you call out a victim as like, "Yo, wait a second, this is this is the single-handed chant," uh, you become the new uh, person who's persecuting the victims. Now, when I'm speaking about this, I'm talking about the inner world. Those are my concerns. The outer world—it's an interesting reality. But the inner world where all of this takes place, that's yours. That's ours individually. So, you see, only Hades or Pluto can claim the victim because Hades is the aspect of ourself that drags us into a genuine encounter, which results in the death of of the ego and the the ego that's attached to the permanent innocence or wants the sweetness and light or why can't we have world peace or uh, we misplace uh, often the pride of the victim. So in this Persephone challenge, that's her moment of truth. She needs to put away this innocence and go down or within to that secret place that the Persephone in us does not want to face. She wants to love, but it's only through going into the underworld, through the cold and unmoving depths that is unconnected to life, feeling of the underworld, to face the shadow. Remember, she goes into the underworld core, K-O-R-E, the seven-year-old, but she comes up queen. There's a lot going on there, people. And that's why we're being called to to one's sovereignty, to our self-rule, which is what sovereignty is. That is the alignment and the sacred oath to honor what is holy. Okay, so the shadow of the maiden of Persephone is actually her enormous rage and a longing for pure, all-encompassing power. And that is very hard for uh, anyone who identifies with the victim. But if we can just even consider, wait a second, all right, on, on this side, I feel that I am at the effects of whatever is going on in the world or whatever is going on within myself. And the more we don't know about our inner world, of course, we feel a mess. the innocence gotta go we're procreators it's like saying that you're an artist and not doing art whatever that might be it may be the art of life or or drawing or dancing or hopping or whatever it may be we claim authenticity we claim power But we will not look at the drive that the power is. And the reason why it is dark is because it is unknown to ourselves. Now, if we know, I am going to pick up my power and I am going to use it, that's different. We know what we're doing. We're not a victim. I'm about ready to spank you right upside your head. Or I am going to roar from my heart. Not yell and scream and get hysterical, but make a roaring statement this will stop now. Not punishing, not victimization. I will draw my strength. And we cannot draw the strength of power from innocence. They're opposites, and that is what is always going on. These opposites, these, and what needs to be balanced. So, how do we recognize, you know, the dark side? Um, what can happen is. Um, because we're disowning uh, the power, or we think power is dark or negative, right? So we're going to attract, you know. The mother's usually a good uh, uh, pin the tail on the donkey is the first candidate. The evil mother, the dark mother, the witch mother, which does and can have great truth to it, but there comes a point where we have to take that power back or take the gold back from the Dark Mother and say, No, I'm not going to be uh, the, a reflection of this victimization and innocence. I'm going to absorb this and see where is that within me? Where does the Dark Mother reside? Or, or or, the witch, or the, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever read Dion Fortune's Psychic Self-Defense. It's one of the first books of oh, God. I think she wrote this in like 1930. It's an excellent book on, on, you know, how to protect oneself from the dark sides. Or the sides of evil, the psychic uh, attachments that build great difficulty in our lives and we're not aware of it or black magic plots, which can be part of our life, but we have to see it within ourselves. Where is not understanding that dark witch that we must use wisely to overcome the obstacles and to become real and to become whole. You know, a lot of times when people do past lives, they they uh, it's like in the those who are interested in astrology. The planet Uranus uh, is going to show you in your chart your post-traumatic stress from previous incarnations. Isn't that fun? Like this one wasn't enough. Um, sometimes they're generational, or it will tell you what the what you're bringing from. Um, incarnation to incarnation, you know what is being worked out here, because that's your button, baby. When that gets triggered, you're either down for the count or sc- screaming like a banshee, or you know turned into a just a, a hulk of enraged, being enraged. Right? But when we when we have that intense response. You hit an archetype. Personal rage, archetypal rage. Personal rage, you can shout out. Personal rage, you can go like, whoa, okay, what am I, what's going on here? Archetypal rage, you can't. You're gone. You're possessed. The rage of the great mother has taken over. So Persephone's real issue that, that she doesn't want to deal with And of course it does. It's uncomfortable. But we have to wake. And that's what's happening in the world. We're all being called forth to wake up. Okay? So her real issue is the power. Uh, It's the power it refuses to own. And power that you give away. And projecting it onto other people. Sometimes... You know, the Persephone type will conjure up somebody else to be their savior. All of that is a refusal to marry Hades or Pluto, to have a union in the dark regions of Psyche. She wants Daddy Zeus to protect her and save her, or Demeter, the loving mother, to protect and mourn. Now, meanwhile, you know, Demeter, her mother, is up screaming and yelling and carrying on looking for a daughter who could take this because um, Demeter and Persephone are opposites of one another in the, within the same goddess. So this is a great it, it's one of the most important stories, myths, that we are unconsciously living or consciously living. You know, hopefully the consciousness will uh, realize that the challenge for all of us is to ignite the dark and the light of the goddess in oneself. So these, these experiences of what's going on now in the world is an incredible opportunity to say, wait a second, I am going to learn how to use my unprocessed power drive to gain power. Power that, is, that we've earned, power that is belonging to us, not to overpower, because that's what we're seeing. A lot of people are feeling like overwhelmed and overpowered, and how could this happen? And, you know, it's the way the world actually is. So Persephone woman, uh, when she begins to recognize it comes to terms with the witch and the killer in herself, you know, I could easily kill, but I choose not to. Know that you can, and know that you choose not to. And the same when you reverse the killing on yourself, which are the thoughts and fantasies of suicide. I'm going to kill myself. What's a killing. You can feel that. You can have those fantasies. Not act out on it. We all have it. And it's not, I mean, in the moral uh, world, whatever that is, you know, that's bad. No, it's not. We have these energies within us and if we're, we're judging good and bad, we're never going to get anywhere. This is why we, we, we only deal with one side of an archetype or one side of ourselves. So we're being called to renounce our maidenly self and get a portion of our life going out of the underworld. And then it's in the underworld where we hide it's the mystery and there are some things that we can't speak about because they are sacred but we know we've just had an encounter we may not be able to find words for it because it doesn't belong to the world of words and light so there and there's um, in certain traditions okay let's uh, in the Kabbalistic traditions, there's um, one way that we deal with this power and rage of the Persephone. Now, we, of course, we feel the power and rage more intensely because we don't want to feel it. And the more we don't want to feel it, the more it's going to be there. Just like we say, I don't want to think that. And the more we say we don't want to think that, that's what we can't stop thinking or you're whistling a tune and you want it to get out of your head and the more you want it to get out of your head because that's the will and the ego that's saying the more it stays. So we need to understand, particularly with anger, um, that we need to turn and understand that what is this balance? You know, that any one of us, we can, any one of us can become angry. That's easy. But being angry with the right person in the right proportion at the right time for the right reason and in the right way. This is not in everyone's reach because that takes power. You can't be innocent and powerful at the same time. The two, they're, they're opposites of one another. So whatever, we usually get enraged when the expectations that we have on others doesn't exactly pan out. And sometimes you don't even know you have these expectations. That was a complete shock. How could they do this? Well, you know, how could, how could they say this? to me, or about me, or how, or vice versa, right? Because you had no idea. Or you're holier than thou, and someone makes a comment, and you lose your cookie. It's like, whoa! You were expecting that you were holier than thou. It's not always true. Not, so we, we, we have a fault. So there's, um, when we begin to, for those of you that wish to take up the task, we can begin to realize that we need to learn how to set anger or the power drive into a workable, balanced way of being in this world so there's no such thing as an ideal anger that's not what I'm talking about although some people may think that or they'll say well meditate don't meditate I mean meditate on on, because you need to understand something but don't use meditation as a way to hide from your righteous rage or it may be or even more important your unrighteous rage When you measure the level of your rage to the external experience, sometimes it doesn't match. Definitely doesn't match internal experience. And you say, "Oh my God, I'm completely beside myself." When we come out of our archetypal seizure, that's the time you've got gold in your hand. At that time, wait, I just became aware of something. I had no idea. So, we need to understand that uh, emotional wounds they blind the heart. So, when our when the heart is blind, um, we're we're not authentic, and we really can't figure out what we need to do. So, we need to understand that there is a way. We can call on, we all have four angels that balance each other out. There's one angel in the front, and there's uh, one angel to the right side, another angel to the left side, and the last one is behind us. The angel that's in front is there to stop us saying, uh, you know, take it easy, wait, what's the hurry? Then the one to the rear pushes us ahead saying, face it, face it. Have the courage to go for it. Don't back out now. Then the one to the left near the heart says, forget it, man. Let it be. And then the one to the right says, remember, don't let it go by because you have a memory. So when, when we're turning uh, to the impulses, of, which is basically advance, retreat, remember, forget. These are the fundamental calibrating our, our, our reactions. And it has to do with instinct, which is the key to the human ability to act and react externally. And, we do, and when we do nothing about a situation, actually we set off types of feuds uh, because of internal passivity or aggressiveness. So when we don't develop uh, sufficiently the different emotional reactions, then, then you know, we're just stuck in the underworld. But this is what we're learning in this place. That people say is hell and we shouldn't go there. No, we should go there. Because we're going to get dropped into it anyway, so we might as well go willingly rather than squealing like little pigs, you know. So when we look at it in terms of like the angels at our sides, so let's say the angel of forgetting and the angel of remembering, uh, we, we, this is an ethical thought and a justification for our reactions. We learn to see, like, you know, and we, we all do it. Sometimes you just do it neurotically. You know, I'm going to, like, you know, kill them, or I'm going to complain, or they'll see. Or, and then, like, oh, like, what am going to do? I'm so frightened. Life is so big, I'm so little. we still have to work and where are we going to get you're not going to get this power from heaven you're going to get it from the underworld from the unknown parts from the place you don't want to go and this is why these conflicts can take us so long because we, i don't want to go there i don't want to look at that only I want the good well that is definitely a recipe for disaster because these dimensions uh, They actually belong to the same ethical uh, order. And part of being ethical or moral is working with these conflicts. But we need to understand that this is true of all of us. You know, I I always think it's so interesting that, uh, you know, when our God... And our image of the divine or whatever goddess or whatever it might be agrees with you to hate the same people you hate or the same hate the same force you hate. Doesn't that make you a little suspicious? And we innocently all do that. Well, of course, I'm right and they're wrong and, and therefore they should perish. No. That's your ego token. That's not your goddess or your god, which is love for all. So that we're coming out of, in a sense, an age of innocence. And we're going to learn how to work with our heart, and with uh, our strengths and our weaknesses. We're only going to be able to draw that from the unknown parts. Uh, so our perception of reality is one thing. The outer reality is made, how do we perceive that? When, when there's a balance among you know, what pushes us forward and what pulls us back and what makes us forget and what makes us remember so it's kind of we're being pulled in all these different ways and if we understand what is pulling us then uh, we can have what's called active imagination and work with those opposing forces or those opposing angels until we come into a balanced state and then act out of the balanced state not the extreme because we're acting from the extreme and one-sided there's no authenticity uh, and there will be no change in the outcome. So we're all being called forth. We're all doing a little tour of Judy and understanding the way of, of the underworld. Till next week. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Number 67. prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details.